Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the Stopcast. I hope you're having a lovely wander, walk, or if you're cooking your dinner or ironing your boxes, whatever it might be. That's what <laughs> I was told the other day someone was ironing their boxes, having a listen. Um, whatever you're doing, uh, welcome to the Stompcast. Uh, Katie, are you having a nice wander? Are you enjoying I'm having a lovely time. What a gorgeous, cold, crisp day for a walk. It is a crisp day, isn't it? It's really, really nice. We're, we're, I didn't tell anyone, really, but we're in, we're in Regent's Park. Uh, having a little uh, wander and we're going through the section now you've kind of got the lakes you've kind of got two big chunks of the park really and there's one with the kind of gardens and the flowers and so on although obviously the the leaves have fallen very much oh, at this gorgeous. time of year and then you've got the kind of lakes on the other side which you is you might which be able to beautiful. hear that duck you might be able to hear a little a duck, duck quacking in the distance quacking away much nicer than the leaf blower sound yeah. perhaps <laughs> that we were trying to avoid earlier <laughs> that's the real reason we've come over here we were avoiding yeah. the there was a man blowing the leaves leaf and he was, it was not conducive to mm. podcast making absolutely well <laughs> listen you you've been you've been a fantastic ambassador for, for for place to be i know you support young minds as well ambassador for young minds young minds do a lot of activism mm-hmm. um one of the biggest i guess charities that work in that space in the UK. I work a lot with them because of my work with things like early support hubs and some of the other campaigns and things I've yeah, been brilliant. asking for. But also you've got your kind of charities that really go in there, like places you do so much of schools, providing, I guess, a lot of frontline support, frontline education as well, of course. Yeah. Um, and you've done so much with them. And the last time I bumped into you, I saw you was um, at a Royal Foundation event. Yes. So of course, um, you know, the, the prince and princesses Prince and Princess of Wales have their Royal Foundation and they have their affiliated group of charities, I guess, that sit within that. So place to be being, being one of yeah, those. that's one of the princess's charities. That's one yeah. of the princess's charities. And of course, one of her big focuses is those early years and the zero to five, the neurodevelopment, the, the mental health aspect uh, of that. And the prince's uh, focus has been a lot around homelessness, which really interestingly ties in a lot with kind of well-being and mental health support and so on because we know one of the big risk factors of becoming homeless is, is not having adequate support for things like your, your mental health. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling on. Um, <laughs> no, it's all good rambling. <laughs> rambling on. Um, so we were there on that day and it was, it was a brilliant day. Um, I, it was the first time I'd actually met uh, the, the Prince and Princess of Wales. I was actually incredibly nervous. I'm not oh, actually, you didn't I'm very, it. I assumed oh, you'd work nervous. with them before. I've, I've worked, uh, funny enough, I worked with the charity so closely. I yeah. worked place to be awards, which you were there as well. And yes. I've, I've kind of, I've done a lot with the cha- all of the charities. Charities, but and I was supposed to go. I think on a, on a visit. I think I'm right in saying I was supposed to go on a visit with the Princess of Wales before, but I was physically not in the country, and it was a bit last minute. So um, unfortunately, I was otherwise I'd have obviously made that happen. Yeah, uh, it didn't oh, happen. I mean, that's the first time I met them. First time I met them. But they're so like normal. They, yeah. you know, there's none of this sort of like you don't curtsy or there's none yeah. of that with them. They, you, you almost it's weird like that. 
that event we did, you hosted a really brilliant panel and they were just sat there watching the panel, which must have been weird. That must have been nerve wracking. Yeah, that was that's that, quite what, an that, audience that for a of, panel. Yeah, well, well Prince, Prince, he was on the panel. Yeah, Prince William, William was, was on the panel. panel. So, of course he was. So, so I, I'd uh, done a talk in the morning and you'd done a talk afterwards. Wasn't yeah. you? I caught part of it, but I had to get literally to shoot back down the train. You, back almost, to London. you almost forget they're there because they just sort of sit there yeah. like they're normal people. Oh, I and don't then know. You like... say that I really <laughs> didn't forget them. They really came in. And when you first met them, were you nervous at all? Or were you kind of like, absolutely. I was absolutely shitting with I must be honest, I said this to um, one of the uh, one of uh, uh, the prince's ad advisors. I said it's funny, but you know, I was more nervous meeting them than I was being appointed youth mental health ambassador. Now maybe that's completely the wrong around. Everybody, you're unbelievably naive. <laughs> maybe I was very naive. Maybe going back, I should have been a lot more nervous. But I don't know why. I think perhaps I just felt I don't know why, but this this felt a huge thing. And I think part of it was that they do so much yeah. for mental health. So I really look up to them in terms of the, what they do, but I also really appreciate you know, the royal family and I kind of, there's something about the history. I love history. Me too, And yeah. it just, the, the whole thing wrapped together made me very nervous. So you take me back to the first time you kind of met them and yeah, were, so, were the knees knocking together at all? Yeah, well the first time I properly met them, um, I actually did an event for Place to Be when uh, the princess was there and I kind of was in the same room as her, but we didn't sort of say hello properly. So the first time I probably met them was getting involved with a boat race on the Isle of Cows. That's not what I expected to they, say. Honestly, okay. this is the maddest story. When I tell people this, they're like, what the hell? So they, they, the Royal Foundation put on this boat race where there were eight boats. Yeah. And the prince was on one boat, the princess was on another, and the other six yeah. had a celebrity ambassador for a right. different one okay. of their charities yeah. on yeah. it. And I was on the place to be boat. And it was a, and it that was was a sailing race. was the place to be, of course. Yeah, right. it was the place ah. to be. I'll be honest with you, I didn't do a lot of sailing. The guys on the boat did all the sailing and I pretended to get involved. I'd have not a clue. In fact, the best thing for, to happen in that situation would oh, be so that hard. I wouldn't get involved. I think it's, I'd just say, look, guys, if I do anything here, it's going to be made worse. It's, well, that's what I said. It's, I just got in the way. It was, it's so complicated, all these ropes and strings, and I was always in the wrong place. Yeah. Anyway, it was a really fun day. Um, and there were other uh, Bear Grylls won, of course. Um, but there was other celebrities there as well. So Dan Snow was there. And I remember we all sort of lined up to meet them and they came along and they chatted to us. And Dan Snow swore in front of um, the princess. And I was like, oh, and I went, oh, like that. So I'm like smacked him on the arm like a mum. I was like, Dan, because I was like scandalous that he swore in front of But they I didn't care. They I seemed to really like it and they laughed and that sort of diffused, I love that. that diffused attention. And they were just so great and normal and they're so good because they do it every day, don't they? They're so yeah. good at starting a conversation, at putting someone at ease. And then William just had this big chat with me about how much he loves Radio 1 and Scott Mills. And I was like, what's happening? Well, that's what you were saying. Yeah, that's what you were saying the, the other day, wasn't it? At the yeah. uh, Royal Foundation event that you loved it. I, I mean, I, I honestly, when they came up to me, I, I kind of, I waited because, um, you know, uh, basically they were kind of going along the line and I was last week, so I was kind of stood here. I was like, gosh, do I, do I say hello? I said, no, no, you don't speak. I was, I was following very much the rules. Like, yeah. you don't speak to them until they speak to you. And oh, then God, you I wait for I them did. to I think I out. started the conversation. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone else was following. I, I don't think they I told Catherine I liked her hair. And then afterwards I was like, did I, I I'd asked her a question. I was like, am I allowed to ask her a question? I was yeah, really worried uh, about I, it afterwards. I, I was, and the first few words I said, I was just, because I, I was trying to say, look, I've, you know, I obviously work with your charities for, for a long time. I just want to say like visiting, you know, so I visit a lot of schools. I haven't done a school visit in, in, in actually a good few months because I've been so focused on the hubs, but now we've got those to the point where we want to be right now and start doing visits again. But anyway, so I've done, I've done a lot of visits and I'm saying like, I was trying to say that um, 
people really appreciate the work you've done in the schools. I hear it, but I, was, I don't know if I actually even said that. I was just I'm sure like, oh, you did. I'm but they sure did. They were, did. They were really good at being like, you know, you know, thanks for what you're doing. And they, they, they knew about the things that I was doing. I was like, God, do you actually know about this? Like, yeah, they do. They they're know. really interested, interested yeah, in it. Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for them. They're really like sort of paving the way for a new sort of... Uh, kind of royal aren't they well, it you gives, know it gives a good example that you really can use you know platforms for good i think sometimes I say, oh, yeah you, but you really can use situations to you know you can use your voice really really well anything well. they do is headline news around the world yeah, they so. can open doors that that we can only bang on at a distance exactly so <laughs> at a gentle you use, knock use that power so it's like being a superhero <laughs> they boot the door down that like i'm coming yeah. straight through or in fact they don't, the people just open the door for them they don't yeah. even boot the oh, door down they don't, people yeah. got the doors open do you want a cup of tea yeah, yeah they in. do they absolutely do what a life i think they can kind of just roll in it's uh it's a, it's a crazy thing so what what's been uh, so perhaps that's your favorite moment of the ambassadorship but i i suspect it's probably a, a, with you know, with, with the situation you've had with the young people and with people that I've kind of interacted with, because I find that a lot. It's a lot of my best memories are actually when, you know, you've spoken to someone, and you're like, oh yeah, this stuff actually really matters. Oh, so, yeah. with your kind of work, yeah, are there a specific time that someone said something to you that's kind of stuck with you? You thought, wow, or like a time where someone's opened up and and you thought, Do you know what, what we're doing, this is really important. Yeah, loads of times. I mean, I, I sometimes will go into a place to be school um, and what place to be do for anyone who doesn't know is provide counsellors in mm. schools, primary schools and secondary schools all around the UK. And it's, I've seen it sort of grow and grow from when I first started getting involved with them. And that's just such hands-on, important work. And I always say, like, when I go into a school that's got a place to be in it, you just immediately feel when you walk in, it's got a different vibe. Because mm. obviously when I was on kids' TV, I went into loads of schools as well. You just feel like it's got a sunnier climate when you walk into the school. And I That's just such a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, it's, it's just so invaluable. Like, it just, we need to have counsellors in every, every school. It's so important for that early intervention. You know, I was a really anxious kid, really anxious teenager. If I'd kind of had that intervention earlier, that might have mm. really helped me. I might not be anywhere near as anxious as I am now. Um, so, yeah, seeing that, that direct help is, mm -hmm. is really amazing. Was there support, the kind of, I, I, I guess you're alluding to it there, did you have support at the schools you went to, like when you were struggling or first noticed things like anxiety, but actually, did you, did you know it was anxiety and did you know where to go and did you have the help really at the time? No, I didn't have a clue, like I, I used to have, you know, really clammy hands and I would always be, same symptom I have now, I would always be going, I can't breathe, so I'm, feels like yeah. I can't take a deep breath, you know, yeah. that air hunger. Um, but I didn't know what it was. And my mum would take me to the doctors and they'd test me for asthma. I didn't have asthma, you know. She thought it was food colouring, stopped me eating Smarties. I was absolutely livid. Um, wasn't there <laughs> at all. She definitely shoehorned that one yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, definitely, anything, that was an excuse. Any, any, any bit of yeah. behaviour, oh yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely I mean, the kids TV that's doing back it. Back then they used to have some good shit in Smarties as well, didn't <laughs> they? That yeah, was when all yeah, the blue food yeah, colourings were in. I was probably the wisest thing yeah. that she could have done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was probably right to do that. We're not adding you Smarties, I'm sure yeah. you're full of wonderful goodness. <laughs> Yeah, I think they've taken a lot of that stuff out now, but there was, yeah. the good stuff was yeah. in it back then. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that's what it was. And then I went to the doctors again when I was 17 with the same thing, it had come back. And they said, oh, it's, uh, it's panic attacks. And I just thought it was funny how that was only, they only said that when I was 17 and I'd had it my whole mm. life, you know? Mm. It was like, oh, you're an adult now, so it's anxiety. Um, but I see it in kids, you know, I've seen it in the kids in my family. I see it in kids in schools. I see them doing the same little, having little stress coughs or the same little fidgety things that they do that I did that looking back were a sign of anxiety. I don't think there really was support at my school. I mean, I went to a lovely primary school. Um, you know, they would have 
they would have looked after us and cared for us, of course, but I just don't think the language was there back mm. then in general, was mm. it, in society? Mm. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it, it, I think when it, when it comes to the school ages, I, I think in the past there's been a real worry about labels and, um, you know, do we talk about this? What age do you talk about? And I think, you know, a few things I guess we've learned is that most mental health illnesses or okay a large number of mental health illnesses start in teenage and ad adolescence years those are the yeah. early starting points uh, and that's one thing but the good news is is that if you intervene early you can prevent a lot of the time these things developing developing in serious conditions you might be able to prevent them becoming you know um, something that that person has to live with for yeah. their life it might be something you can deal with and support and educate because actually you know the thing a lot of the things we feel when we're feeling anxious they are physiological responses to situations we're in. But if we don't know what's causing it or why it's happening and how to deal with it, then that's when it becomes a big problem because then you've got something that's occurring and probably becoming worse, becoming more ingrained within that person's life, affecting their life more, but we're not actually tackling that. And I think that's the yeah. key thing, isn't it, about early intervention and you know, why I'm so passionate about the early support hubs, why yeah. you know, counselling at school is important, why wraparound support at school and, and, and the kind of, like you said, almost like sunnier climate in school is important with mental health because actually most of us want children to grow up ha happy and healthy, resilient, able to kind of go and do the things they want yeah. to in life. And that's something that is not passive, it's active. We need to create environments that actually go along with that, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And it's that, that toolkit that you've referred to you know if we can sort of start that toolkit young if we it's like any it's like physical health you know we do it with physical health so so well or we don't necessarily but we talk the talk yeah, you know you yeah. have your five fruit and veg a day you do your exercise and, and those are all the things that you do to prevent yourself from having a big physical health problem and it's the same with mental health you know what are the little things that we start doing and we start doing from birth that you know stop us from having the big mental health problem and sometimes you know they're still going to happen aren't they people are going to go through terrible things and people are going to experience depression and mm. but if we can put those tools in that toolkit you talked about early doors we're just in, in a much better position and i you know i'm always banging this drum but it's just the most important thing i just don't think there's anything more important than mental health and you do such great work with all the work that you do with the government but like there's no point of sorting out anything else if we don't sort that out. Every problem in society essentially comes from people's bad mental health. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It ties into so much else and so many other parts uh, of life as well. And you know, I mentioned about the homelessness initiative to, to kind of support and prevent homelessness, to provide good support. Uh, being one of the Prince Williams' kind of big 
focus is now moving uh, forward. And, you know, every issue that you look at, mental health ties into it, doesn't yeah. it? it? It ties into that Completely. either as a cause or effect of yep. that situation. Everything. And, and I think that's, that is why it is so important. That's why it's so important to, to focus at, at a school age. And, yeah. you know, and uh, that people might go, well, what if we, we're talking about, like, you know, you know, mental health at school? Will we see worsening levels of, you know, diagnosis? Will that kind of put it in their heads almost? Yeah. And, and what I say to <laughs> you that... You put it in people's heads. No, what I would say to yeah. that is if you look at um, other interventions, for example, sexual health, uh, STI, um, you know, prevention initiatives and so on, sexual, you know, sex and relationship safety initiatives and so on, all the evidence for those is that when you talk about it, the kids aren't going to have more sex. They're, no. they're, they're learning about how to have safe sex. Or yes. Issues around consent, learning about consent. Yeah, you're not giving so them the idea. They've got the idea anyway. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and if you're struggling with your mental health, you not being able to label and understand it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And so totally. that's why this is, this is really important. And if anything, a lot of the evidence that we've seen is that if you actually put in you know, good teaching around mental well-being, so the positive sides of looking after yourself as well as how to deal with challenges and emotional literacy, actually we prevent mental illness. Yep. They actually prevent it. You know? And I think that's a key, a key message. And, and I think the schools I visited, you know, I agree with you entirely, the ones that have mental health support teams there, the ones that have place to be, <laughs> counsellors yep. and so on there, you see a huge difference in the climate, and I include the teachers in that. Oh, the yeah. teachers, I mean, the stress of being a teacher when oh. you're worried. If you ask a teacher and say, what are you most worried about with your kids? Nine times out of ten, and I do this regularly, nine times out of ten, it's I worry about their mental health, I worry about depression, I worry about their stress. It's not I want worry about them getting an A grade. No. You know, it just isn't. It is, but then they're under huge pressure to, you know, is it, is it right that they're under so much pressure? We need to support teachers and I think it's a great way of doing that is firstly given giving the space for teaching about this topic but also let's get the support into the schools you know take the pressure off them as exactly. well. Exactly have the counsellors there to do their job and the teachers can do their job as well and the counsellors you know often I mean with place, case of place to be they also help the teachers they also help the other staff they help the parents everyone needs it you know what yeah I kind of wish we all saw a counsellor like we were like in America that's kind of like the showbiz idea over there isn't it that everyone has a shrink yeah, I sort of wish we were like that. I wish everybody yeah. just and saw it. It sounds like it's like a really. It sounds like I'm so like a, annoying to my friends. I'm like counselling <laughs> is the answer. Uh, you know, they're telling me their problems. I'm like, see a counsellor. I think I think you know. I, I use the analogy of that. You know, you never go to the gym and be like, oh, I've mastered the gym. I know everything about yes. it. I don't need to go here again. But you're going so to therapist right. is like you're learning more about your own mind and developing and controlling and using and utilizing your own mind. You're going to build that mental yeah. strength. And, and realistically, we all go through stuff in life. I mean, we, we, all, we all do go through things and difficult times. Far better to address those and oh, learn yeah. the skills and tools to kind of handle those things. Than it's it is a long to bury. process. People think that, that, yeah, exactly, you go and have five sessions and you're done, you're healed. Yeah. And that's not the case. But of course, the problem is people can't afford it. Yeah. And the NHS can't give mm. people longer term therapy. You know, that's I've been why doing the school my... teaching is so important. Because when exactly. we can, if you can teach a lot of this, uh, a lot of the kind of the theory, the practice and application at schools, we'll have a population of people that come through with already at least a good baseline. Yeah. They at I mean, least have a baseline of understanding what is, you know, what is the kind of what is emotions? What's your thoughts? How yeah. do they feed into your body health and your mind health? You know, that kind of stuff. Exactly. I've been trained to be a counsellor and I've, I've done my sort of level four mm. now and I feel like the level three, the sort of middle level, literally should be a GCSE. Like if everybody, like I learned so much about myself and, and I, I, I'm in such a, a mentally better place now for having done that. I'm like, wow, this should be made into a GCSE and this kind of education mm. about emotional health. Mm. 
um, should be should just be something we do. Well, this was going to be my next question, so you segued it nicely for us. You know, given what you do and how much work that you've done going into, into schools, in ambassadorship, I mean, life hacks being an incredible example of practical support and help for people. Um, life hacks being an amazing example of practical support and things. Why did you decide? Because I know you've been doing this for a period of time alongside everything else. Why did you decide actually? I want to. I want to actually become a therapist. I want to become a counselor. I want to actually do this myself. A couple of reasons. I mean, on a on a sort of selfish and practical level, you know, showbiz. It's not always uh, sticking around forever, Alex. You've got to think about the uh, the plan B. I started it in COVID, the level two from home, and that was a really uncertain time when obviously everyone was going, "Oh, is my career over? Because what's this going to do to the world?" You know, um, and also at the same time. I was getting asked to do a lot of things. You know, I went on this morning a couple of times giving advice and because I'd done a book about mental health and um, because of the radio show and the charity work, I was being asked to do a lot of things where I would be expected to give advice. And I just felt really aware that I didn't have a qualification backing me up and I didn't want to be just some person going on the telly, you know, saying that I, I have these credentials when I don't. So there's two reasons I kind of thought that's the only career option I care about other than TV and radio, which is my first love. And also I'd quite like to have some knowledge to back me up when I'm doing all this stuff. I've kind of realized that I, I don't know if I would go into it as a career um, anytime soon. I mean, I think I'd be a mug to give up the, the lovely glamorous world of radio and telly and just talking nonsense on the radio all day to, to go and actually see, put a hard shift in this Because I would see it as such a, it's such a, um, first of all, don't put yourself out there, it's, uh, it's flipping hard work being, I mean, I've seen a lot of <laughs> different worlds and, and I think, you know, as people do sometimes think that things like radio and TV, it's easy, it, it, it definitely isn't. I mean, you've been yeah. on 13, 14 hour shoots and so on. Like, yeah, I'm not, yeah. You know, I'm not, we're not asking for any violins here, but it isn't easy <laughs> the, the, the tight you get up early morning starts, you know, all, all the kind of pressure and commitment and stuff you have to show for, for radio. So that's important to say. But I think it does, does it, does it, do you find that it just actually just feeds in? Cause, to me, you know, logically, like you, this is something that's like a life passion of yours. And, yeah. you know, you do it, you know, with the work that you do, you know, on radio and so on. You really are talking about these things. So I suspect perhaps yeah. it just feeds into everything. Like you're seeing them two separate things. Are you not a therapist? Kind of? Well, kind of. Is yeah, there not therapy yeah, yeah. that you provide? I Absolutely. Mean, there's, there's definite parallels. I think it has really fed in well. And there's two very big differences between being a counsellor and being a radio presenter in that, um, I mean, there's many differences, but in radio i'm not allowed to leave any silence you know i've got to talk all the time and fill the gaps in counseling very different you're the listener and you don't talk actually very much at all you like the other such person an interesting talk. point to and highlight. That, honestly alex when i first started training one of the um, teachers said are you comfortable with silence and i was like absolutely no, not no i i <laughs> fill every gap i do that in my job and i do it sociably you know like if i'm in a at a party like i will fill the gap in silence i hate it so he was like, right, well, you're going to have to become really comfortable with being silent. You know? has that, and, I, and interestingly, has that benefited your radio work as well? Or do you think it really, can you leave, uh, like we were talking about earlier on leaving, leaving a gap, pauses, yeah. but not necessarily, I mean, physical pauses, but the fact, the fact that you can sit with topics longer and explore them further and you have, you say, music that provides that nat natural kind of rest point of it. Do, do, does it play into it? Do you, do you have you... Has it changed your radioing at all? I think it's really helped. There's two types of radio I do, I suppose. There's the kind of like silly, just me talking on my own about mm. some nonsense and playing tracks radio. It's so different from that that it hasn't really had an effect. Mm. But 
It's actually a very similar skill to the kind of radio we do on Life Hacks or when I do like a radio documentary. Um, so I did um, a podcast series for the BBC about the Manchester mm, yeah. Arena attack. And Again, another I, question I was going to ask you. Really? <laughs> <laughs> You're too good it's, at your I mean, it's, I will talk about myself very <laughs> no, no, easily. No, so, don't be so Yeah, so yeah. I, um, I, I had to sort of sit with victims of the Manchester Arena mm. attack and, and listen to what they'd been through. And I realised it was the same skill because actually what that documentary series was about was hearing from them, not me. Mm. You know, you didn't need my voice on that, really. You needed my questions and then you needed their real raw emotion. And so it was the same skills that I use in the counselling room to get people to open up that you can in a documentary setting. So it's actually made me realise I'd quite like to do more documentaries because I think that skill is exactly the same. Yeah, that's absolutely true because there's, there's like an active listening aspect to yes. that that you have to have. And, and you're just ability. trying to draw, you know, you're trying to draw out of people their story and, and their emotion. And, um, you know, people like Louis Theroux, Stacey Dooley, so good at that. And I think it's very similar to a counselling mm. skill. Well, listen, we'll pick, that, we'll pick this up in part three because I'd like to explore a little bit of what that was kind of like making that uh, a docu-series um, because, I mean, you're from Manchester. We actually had producer Charlie who's from Manchester as well and that, that, is, you know, that must have been a really tough thing to actually make as well and I just wonder how you manage your mental health throughout that because, quite frankly, a lot of it is very traumatising, isn't it? So Absolutely. let's pick that up in, in part three and we'll see you all very, very soon. Thank you. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.